welcome to Punta Vista. Uh, it's a bonus episode and we are here at the Iowa caucus. It is chaos. They have completely screwed this up. All the computers are crashing. They can't find any of the paperwork and they've completely messed up the numbering of our bonus episodes. Oh, uh, we don't, that's how it happened. We, uh-huh. can't, we can't figure it out. We don't know. Is this like 134 a bonus or is it like if, if this was sequentially, then all the other ones would be out of whack. We were trying to figure that out today. And the the Democratic National Party has well, I feel I feel like it. that by the by the popular vote, it's one hundred and thirty four. Yeah, well, as far as within like members within uh, well, the party yeah, the of Punta Vista, not, that that's beside the point. What does the popular vote indicate? Well, I mean, just who's I mean, what option's got the most votes behind it? <laughs> okay, cool. What's what does that indicate though? So maybe the most popular option oh. <laughs> among people oh. that are. Oh, you think the popular vote uh, indicates the most popular option? <laughs> oh, okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that it works just fine without uh, some layer of abstraction. But I'm hearing no, no. some voices. Uh, so you've got a different option there, Ben. Yeah, let me. It's very straightforward. Um, Even though we both believe that one one thirty four is the correct bonus number. Well, for this. We've all got theories. Let's say you've got a um, sure. hundred people, right? Yep. And 60 people say they like apples. And 40 people say they like oranges. Now, what you do uh, is you... I, would I mean, I find fl- oranges I would immediately flip a coin. I'd flip a coin. Well, no, what you want to do is you want to put this through some sort of inscrutable algorithm. And then you find out uh, that actually 65 out of 100 um, super delegates oh, prefer... Uh-huh. Oranges, and then that's how you find out the one that's the most popular. Right. Okay. Yep. I'm not. I'm not quite following. Okay. So you turn. Yep. And, and then once that's, and then you've got, and in the end, delegates. So. And when do we all get corralled into like small square areas, like we're <laughs> cross between cattle and cats? Oh, that's happening the entire time. Oh, okay. So where I am standing right now is important to the process. Yes, but you will well, be asked to move known that. six to seven times. Okay. You've, you've been standing on the oranges side this whole time. Yeah, that's not going like to work for me. Oh, yes. To be, to be sort of uh, fussed and pushed around in a gymnasium. You know, that's democracy. Mm. I, uh, I listened to... Uh, the the most recent episode of that New York Times podcast, The Daily, where they had some reporters at one of the caucuses, or one of the I don't know what a fucking individual thing of that is called. Cor- a corker. Okay. <laughs> yep, there it is. One corker, many caucuses. Uh, I, th- I think it's I think it's just a like a cork, and then you're talking about corkers. That's the plural. Not sure. One cork, many caucus. Yep, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, and they just had lots of audio of like, you know, someone that was a, uh, a Yang person realizing he didn't meet the threshold and then going to, over to Biden supporters to try and convince them to come back or like whatever. And it's great. Just a whole bunch of people being like, hey, Hunter Biden got this job for doing nothing. And then Biden supporters being like, oh, oh, did you fact check that? Did you have you have you fact checked that Riot's veracity? Did you did you check that? It was it's uh, harrowing, but also funny. Check that out. What a time to be 
alive in a liberal democracy, you know? Of course, we know what all these people are really convening in Iowa for, and that is to determine who the new leaders of all of our Australian political parties will be. Um, these two people over here eating corn dogs are choosing who is going to lead the Nationals party. Mm-hmm. And they... <laughs> and, and have they come to a decision yet? Yeah, they are walking away from the side of the room that indicates Barnaby Joyce. Okay. So, Barnaby Joyce did a little leadership challenge. He had a little crack at it. He was like, hey, look. Hey, my career. Hey. Look, the thing about my career is the only way it can go is up. And that's why you should get on board the Barnaby train now. That seemed to be the essence of the the argument he was making was like, yes, I have done many terrible things. Uh, I'm clearly a person who is completely devoid of morals, ethics, uh, any sound sense of judgment. But I've had two years of not being the Deputy Prime Minister to think about that. And now... It gives you a new taste, new appetite for the task at hand. Well, he he described it as now having the personal infrastructure in place (laughs) to handle all of this. And I think by that he means his second family. Oh, boy. Yeah. And as many people have pointed out, uh, it's a cool politics world when... Um, you are just pulling back, like, the people that were originally already deposed for being massively, like, hit by scandals. Like, you're just dredging the bottom of an extremely shallow radioactive lake, Mm -hmm. seeing if something new would come up. But it's just Barnaby again, baby. Yes, flopping around like a dirty carp at the bottom of the river, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, the reason that he put his hand up for that, of course, was because um, Deputy Leader of the Nationals, uh, Bridget McKenzie, has finally resigned in the wake of uh, the sports rorts scandal. Sports rorts. Sports. 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 You've been sprouted. They've just been sprouting all over the place. Um, so she's finally resigned, but has very helpfully done it like 18 days after it started being a thing. Um, and now everybody's dug into it way more and indicated like just basically wide ranging corruption. Um, it went on for so long that the journalists started looking into other grants programs and finding that but they're like, all probably good. They're all probably fine, like the the Nationals um, infrastructure program where they gave uh, their stuff to, I think it was 94% of recipients were in liberal held seats. <laughs> so, that's cool. cool. Um, it's fine, they were probably all eligible. So, she has resigned and that triggered um, a, the reshuffle of the cabinet and people uh, running for the deputy leadership. Um, Matt Canavan, the smartest uh, sentient stone in Parliament, said, hey, I'm throwing my hat in for Barnaby and I'm going to quit my my fucking portfolio. And they went, oh, Barnaby doesn't have the numbers for this at all. And he went, Ugh. Well, can I just say, Matt can't, Avan. Sorry? You can, you can say that. Well, Matt, you can say I it. I mean, legally, you can say Van. that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. I he wish you wouldn't. Well, I did. He can't what, though, a van? Hmm? So he... See, now he, I think it's Matt oh, Canavan. No, I, sorry. <laughs> I might not be 
saying it loud enough. Um, Matt <laughs> Cantavan. And so is that like the proper Italian right. pronunciation well, of his name? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on. You were saying some other stuff. Uh, moving on. David Littleproud is now the Matt Cantavan. Oh, boy. Let's let's Theo Theo help me out here. Ready? Are you ready? Ha 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 That is so funny. Thanks, guys. But lot to get to. <laughs> uh, David Littleproud, more like nope. David uh, nope. Little to be proud of. Ian, good enough. More like Ian, not good enough. And so on. I mean, we're professionals. We've, we can keep doing this all night. <laughs> oh, we, we could. We could. Shari um, Markson. Uh, more like oh. Shari um, missed the Markson. And that's probably all of them, I'd say. That's almost definitely all um, Oh, no. Scott Morrison. More like scoff Morrison. Uh, more like more like Scott Morris off. <laughs> I mm. heard you laugh just then. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There was clearing my throat. <laughs> oh, look! It's priceless vintage comedy, and that's what you came for. Uh, Peter Dutton, more like Peter Dut off. Uh, that makes no sense. Okay, well that makes no sense at all. all right. I'm not getting involved. So, well, technically you. You're pretty involved. There You're is, complicit. We're, we're <laughs> making recorded evidence of your involvement right now. Oh, I mean, I feel like I made re- recorded evidence of my stance on the issue. Yeah, that you're, you're here being involved. Anyway, uh, so that has happened. And also, somewhat surprisingly, uh, Richard Di Natale suddenly resigned as the leader of the Greens. Um, over the summer break, apparently, he had been putting some thought into it. And deciding, hey, uh, does being a leader of a political party rock or does it suck the big one? And I think he decided that it, it does, in fact. Uh, the, the big one, it sucks it. You know? Ask, you know? Ask oh, not no. for whom the Absolutely big one. Not. <laughs> <laughs> the- yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sucks for thee. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So, Adam Bant has been elected. I think it's the, pronounced uh, Adam B&T. It is pronounced Adam B&T, you are correct. Bacon and tomato. It's his oh, favourite sandwich. Every time <laughs> No I, bread. I would like a PLT with no lettuce. Thank you very much. <laughs> a but. Um, so, yeah, he's the leader of the Greens now. And this is sending some of our media, media into a, a frothy frenzy of anti-communist McCarthy-type action, uh, except that they're really bad at it, and that's what makes it funny. Um, what did the Daily Mail have to say about this, Ben? Well, you know what the Daily Mail is like. Um, actually, if both of you could avert your eyes from the document for now, All right. uh, we're going to play a little mini-game. Um, each of my eyes, my, my right eye is looking off to the right of the screen and my left eye is looking off to the left of the screen. Yeah, like the guy that gets chainsawed at the start of Scarface. Yeah. Huh. Um, you know how the Daily Mail has that uh, unique tick where they choose one word from a headlight to 
headlines, but in all caps. Beautiful. Yep. Mm. Um, I'm going to read. Flare. It's called Flare, Ben. Uh, sure. I'm going to read this headline to you, and I want you both to guess which is the word they've decided um, to do all caps on this one. This is the headline. <laughs> the anti-Australian! Exclamation mark. How extreme left-winger and anti-coal zealot Adam Bance, election as Greens leader, will change the country as we know it, and why hard-working Aussies should be afraid. What are your guesses? I want to. Uh, to me, it's a it's a dead heat between anti-Australian and extreme. Mm. Theo, what are you thinking? Can I have it again? The anti-Australian. Uh huh. How extreme left-winger and anti-coal zealot Adam Bant's election as Greens leader will change the country as we know it, and why hard-working Aussies should be afraid. I'm going to go with left-winger, just as a, just a bit of, as a bit of a um. It's the dark horse option. Dark horse option. Andrew, I'm going to need a definitive answer from you. Oh. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to go with extreme. You're absolutely right. It is indeed how extreme. Left-winger and anti-coal zealot Adam Bant's election is green. Blah, 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 blah. Anti-coal zealot. Anti-coal zealot. Isn't that a fun idea to consider? uh, This guy, this fucking guy, get this, he hates digging up and burning coal. Well, this idea will be explored in the article, which is just as hysterical as that headline. Here we go. The Greens' new leader thinks Scott Morrison is a, quote, threat to life wants the coal industry to be shut down and insists Australia Day should be scrapped. Okay. Uh, Adam Bant was today elected unopposed to take over from Richard Di Natale, who resigned to spend more time with his family. The 47-year-old MP for inner-city Melbourne, who once called for the overthrow of capitalism, will use his new platform to advocate higher taxes, more welfare, and the end of Australia's most lucrative industries. (gasps) Koala hunting. (laughs) Uh... Mr. Bant, who has attended anti-Adani protests, has long called for the end of the coal industry, despite it providing 50,000 jobs and $5 billion in royalties per year. As part of his staunch anti-coal stance, the new Greens leader has supported menacing protesters (laughs) who have caused chaos around the country. I have never menaced anybody. But you have protested. Interesting. Wow. (laughs) Uh, in October last year, Mr. Bant slammed the police for the way they dealt with protesters at the International Mining and Resources Conference in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. The protesters, uh, you know, tro- the thing that we had on film uh, with with cops just punching people on the back of the head. Oh, and the guy that had the eat a dick hippie sticker on his body cam, and the yep. cop that was flashing the white power okay mm-hmm. symbol thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that uh, one. You know, you know what I loved about that with one? Pepper spray when they weren't resisting. Yeah, you know what yeah. I loved about the, uh, when the they cop. shoved around that journalist uh, who was trying to comply with orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, that person in the back, if I remember correctly, yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, Ra- ran an old guy over with a horse. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the horse. Yeah, um, my favorite thing about that was when the cop was doing the, the white power sign at, um, at some people taking a photo of him. And people started circulating the image on Twitter saying, hey, what's up with the cop at the protest doing the, the white power sign at me? And the police said, 
it's definitely not the white power sign. No, I mean, that's an internet thing and this guy's like wouldn't be part of that culture, wouldn't even know what that means. Uh, anyway, time to take a big uh, sip of coffee and not check their social media whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they, they looked at his social media and there was like a whole bunch of fucking Pepe the Frog. Well, his, yeah, his avatar was Pepe the Frog. Um just yeah. all all absolutely classic like alt right shit all over his facebook and they said like npc memes and shit and they and the cops went oh we have made him delete some posts that we found disappointing ah, problem solved cuz you know you, look if there's one thing if there's one thing that really strikes fear into the hearts of corrupt and brutal cops out there it's the idea that when their behavior is discovered, someone, someone out there one day is finally going to swoop down on them, point at them and say, look, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And then leave. So, you know, problem solved. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. It was all good. <sighs> So uh, it is. It is horrifying to hear that Adam B and T was against uh, the police in this scenario. <laughs> um, the protesters tried stopped delegates from entering the conference building, <laughs> and that and is some sick. glued their hands to the road. That is sick indeed. Very sick. Uh, police intervened and made twelve arrests for the offence of uh, intentionally obstructing emergency services workers. In a 3AW interview, Mr. Bant said the police were heavy-handed and said, no matter what the police do, you cannot arrest your way out of global warming. Yeah. That seems true to me. Yeah. It, like like so many of these articles, they seem to just present a bunch of things all in a big long line without actually trying to bring it around to um, something that makes him seem wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. Just stating them as as simple things that we should frown at. Um, this guy dislikes police brutality and wants to try and curb the effects of climate change. I mean, he it, fucking sucks. <laughs> I will wrap up my argument there. Well, the the two things about this to me are number one that like the Daily Mail and Sky News and all these guys they just make absolutely no effort to kind of even slightly disguise their angle, which is. Anybody who objects to police having absolute power to brutalize anyone that they see as obstructing, you know, the the fucking levers of power or the interests of big business or anybody else, anybody who would seek to obstruct that or ask for any kind of oversight or anything literally deserves to be killed. Like, that is the sentiment that you see from this type of person on social media and that sort of thing. is just like, man, they should execute the lot of them. That's like, that's like a normal kind of thing for, that, for this type of person to say in response to this sort of stuff. And they make no effort at all to hide it here, to say like, you know, pre- presenting it as controversial to say that the police were heavy handed while they were beating the shit out of a bunch of peaceful protesters. Um... It's very silly. I had a second thing. Uh-huh. What do you reckon yep. it was? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Go on. Um, it's a wonderful a question. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, we should oh, be no, 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 that was it. Moon. Sorry, oh, I've got it go. now. I've got it now. Thank you very much for all of your help. Uh, sure. This is also funny to You're me. Welcome. You can't also- sarcastically thank us for not telling you what you were thinking in the privacy of your own brain. I absolutely can, and I will. Okay, all right. Anyway, um, this is very funny to me in parallel with like seeing the presidential campaigns in the States at the moment where all of the attempts to tar Bernie Sanders are all saying, uh, in the 80s, he said that he thinks that like uh, banks should be owned by the public. Yeah. During the like, Vietnam War, he criticized the Vietnam War for the reasons that we now criticize still Vietnam War. Everyone's yes. like, holy shit. Uh, that's exactly what you would want any sane person to do. Oh, he voted against the Iraq War, like all of <laughs> all of these things. Where like it's supposed to be this this shocking revelation of like how extreme this person is, and I would have thought the most reasonable people would hear it and go, uh huh, and also oh, he doesn't think that like corporations should have a monopoly on all finance and have no oversight or regulation or anything like that. Crazy. That's crazy mm. to me. He's extreme. Controversial. Now, I will say this. Um, they do actually make a pretty good point about something bad that uh, Bant did, but I'll get to that. Um, here we go. It's not only on... It's not only regarding environmental issues that Mr. Bant has caused controversy. In February 2018, Mr. Bant suggested Liberal Senator Jim Molan, a former Major General, was a war criminal. He told Sky News, if there was a proper inquiry, in an independent inquiry into the war in Iraq, Australia, like there has been in other countries, I think you would find Jim Molan would probably be up for prosecution rather than his praise for his role in the atrocities in Fallujah. Mr. Bant made the comments after saying, after saying Senator Molan was a coward for refusing to apologise for retweeting propaganda videos by white supremacist group Britain First. Mr. Mullen threatened to sue before Mr. Bant made a grovelling apology and offered to donate to a veterans charity. He said, I sincerely apologise and express my regret to send to Mullen and to those who have served in Australia's operational theatres and to their families and friends who are offended by my comments. Hey, look, I don't want to get sued either. You know? he, he should never have apologised. That, that was a big <laughs> fuck-up. Uh, Jim Mullen is a war criminal. And I'm sure, as Bant suggested, even a cursory look into Australia's conduct in Iraq, much the same as it did with the conduct of the US in Iraq, will probably find a whole host of atrocious war criminals uh, uh, committed by, uh, knowingly by the government on the Iraqi population that we don't care about because they were brown. Uh, But live and learn, I'm sure Mr. Bant will happily call him someone else a war criminal and not apologise this time if all goes to plan. Uh, there's some other scary stuff that he's done. Mr. Bant also supports the Greens' radical social policies, including legalizing cannabis and euthanasia and introducing pill testing at festivals. Uh-huh. Spooky. Yep. So just, again, when they say radical, they mean all of the things supported by the experts uh, that I don't agree with because I'm a big baby and I don't, I don't <laughs> like it and it makes me frown. Well, I'm, I'm someone that looks at the front page of the Daily Mail... Australia website every day and I'm 75 uh, and if anything changes I shit myself Um, and I actually read these headlines that scare me on purpose because they're the only thing that keep my heart pumping Hmm. Uh, and if I didn't do that it would just stop and I would lay down and die and no one would come to my funeral 
Uh, so, and just, um, I don't want to miss it. Um, I think it's worth pointing out just four days ago, uh, Queensland's Productivity Commission report uh, basically says just legalize cannabis and MDMA. Hey, just I do didn't it. see that. They said, uh, what, was it legalizing or decriminalizing MDMA? Uh, so they say that using and possessing cannabis and MDMA should be legalized in Queensland. Oh. Oh. Imagine. I absolutely uh, Criminalizing drugs has failed to cut down its use and supply. Despite this, Queensland government spends around $500 million enforcing drug laws and prisons around 1,840 people per year. Uh, so again, the war on drugs doesn't work, uh, as well as that it's just unproductive. All of these things are true. We know them to be true, like basically everything else on this list. Uh, it's It's just because... They have an ideological resistance to it. They will not accept this. But, it, of course, again, presented without fact, without any kind of reference, uh, just as something that we should disagree with. Well, as we, as we saw this week, fucking Jim Mullen, the big war criminal himself, was on Q&A when they were talking about bushfires and stuff, and lots of people were like, why? Why the fuck are you putting... Jim yep, absolutely. You don't have to hear from them. You don't have to talk to them. They have uh, no importance or um, anything interesting or uh, you know anything to add to the discourse. Just stop. Just stop doing it. Stop talking to them. Who cares? Who cares? Who gives a shit? There are some people that you can just accept are fucking idiots, and you never have to talk to them in in your entire life. Yep. But instead, uh, we have to hear over and over from this dickhead who, you know, puts like, as as was referred to earlier, puts stupid conspiracy theory shit all over his Facebook page and all that kind of thing. And when pressed by the host of Q&A as to like, when he pushes back on the idea that, you know, climate change is real and government should be doing something about it, when he pushes back on that idea the host said and well what evidence are you falling back on here and he said oh i'm not relying on evidence yeah and then to everyone me, he's more like jim moron uh i was gonna so, say dim molen okay well yeah. look agree to disagree hmm. dumb mole man it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty All good right. actually <laughs> uh the daily mail is not the only person that is shitting their pants over uh, Adam Bant, uh, Alan Jones, the single worst living human being, <laughs> uh, took to Facebook to post this. The Nationals leadership challenge may have attracted most political attention yesterday, but it wasn't the only game in town. The Greens also anointed Adam Bant as new party leader to replace outgoing leader Richard Di Natale. Last year, Bant, along with Di Natale, was calling for new media hate speech legislation. In fact, the Greens took a communications policy to last year's federal election, which included proposed new criminal media hate speech laws designed to crack down on, quote, people like Andrew Bolt, Alan Jones and Chris Kenny. In other words, classify any speech which challenges green ideology as hate speech and outlaw it. No, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be other words. Those would be just wrong words that you've associated with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It just happens that that those three uh, tend to be. Uh, people that practice hate speech I uh, mean, that also simultaneously disagree with green ideology. He's I mean, definitely true Andrew in the Bolt. sense that they are other words. They're different words. 
Yes, no, you're right. In other not words, synonymous, may not but be. they are different. Sure. Uh, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. Ooh, when it okay. comes to genuine hate speech, Adam Bant demonstrated again yesterday that he remains a master of it. He accused big businesses of killing people and endangering people's safety. Okay, so yep. big business, not a marginalised section of society. Uh, it's also a true statement. Okay, so mm-hmm. maybe I misspoke, but let's check the yep. the next example he gives. Sure. He issued a threat to big business that their days are gone. Okay, okay again, okay. I, I feel like my same criticism applies above, but... All right, okay. Well, let's let's try the next example. He accused coal, gas, and oil companies of, quote, threatening human life. Mm-hmm. So, again, I've... I really feel like this is just a variation on the previous theme where both coal, gas, and oil companies are not a protected, oh, are not fine. a marginalized okay, section fine. of society. And also that statement stands uh, on its own as something that is correct. I see there is no pleasing you. I'll give you another <laughs> example. I'm just, a, I'm just a cranky kind of guy, I think. He described the coalition government as, quote, criminal for appealing Julia Gillard's carbon tax and accused Scott Morrison of propagating a plan, quote, for three times as many deaths from bushfires in future. Is that hate speech? Uh, um, I mean, no. Okay. I think we just get that out of the way first well, before any further criticism proceeds. Okay, you say that it's not, but uh, this following sentence disagrees. Uh, by implication, Adam Bant accuses others of hate speech. Yes, that's in fact, probably the one true sentence in this. He and former Greens leader, Dean Natale, that's a very weird way that he's done the punctuation here, but that's neither here nor there, uh, inveterate proponents of division and rancor in politics and within the community, Alan Jones. Alan yep. Jones. Alan Jones. Alan Jones. I feel like, I feel like you, I feel like you really have to get like at least one race riot behind you before you can get a, a feel for what an inveterate proponent of division and rancor in politics and within the community is. Just you'd think that, like, if you were maybe considered one of the leading voices uh, that spurred on uh, one of Australia's most prominent days of racial violence and hatred, uh, you'd probably have, like, a little bit of self-awareness, like a bit. I guess no. no. This mob have a PhD in hate speech and personal attacks. I'd like to see from what uni. Uh, (laughs) SJW University. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, sorry. It's called um, SJW. Uh Um, Sorry, no, I I checked and... I know he's probably not accepting fact checks on this, but Adam Band actually has a PhD in law and politics. I think they both... From Monash. They are actually both doctors. I think he, he's making a little bit of a joke there. Oh. Oh, I see. Right, Although, so they, they've both studied for yeah. um, a minimum of seven years. Hate speech. Seven years of learning to do hate speech against oil and gas companies. Yes. Okay, no, but again, it just says here law and politics. Okay, well, it's it's hate speech. Okay. Uh, on policy, nothing in their vocabulary except two words: climate change. So, how do you do? Mm. I mean, if you only had those two words, I feel like you would have a hard time doing a hate speech against someone. 
Yeah, I think so. Hey, you. Climate change. Climate change. Ah, fuck. He got me. <laughs> you're, a, you're a real climate change, pal. No, it's, it doesn't sound like hate speech when I say it like that. Uh, just just on the on the topic of like um, taking a communications policy to the election, which include, included proposed new criminal media hate speech laws. Um, I I'm sure I'm not the only person who would like to see, you know, more of a forceful effort from any particular government to to counteract some of this kind of stuff because. I think we're all kind of on the same boat now. I would hope we're all kind of on the same boat now that we've definitely society as a whole or like media as well seems to have slipped way too far over to the right in terms of the arguments that we will entertain as though they are a real thing. Uh, Things that we used to say fuck off to people for talking about. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like, um, so even, like, Greg Jericho was talking today about how even the IPA is slipping from being just a bunch of, like, vainglorious libertarian dipshits to being just actively harmful and ready to go on TV and just lie. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, in a in a weird way, did, did either of you guys see... The Starbucks ad that, no. was, that was going around on Twitter. No, I made an active decision not to watch it because I'm hey, not. Hey, you guys seen rude. the latest Starbucks ad? You guys seen the latest. You know how I'm a big Starbucks commercial guy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, nothing I like more on a Friday night. I go over to my cabinet and I pull open the big roll top and I start to just playfully trace my fingers along all the different DVDs of Starbucks ads through the years that I've obtained for myself. Remember when the, Remember when they just put a TV show that was just a sequence of ads all together? Oh, and people, would, we would all just sit World's there greatest and, commercials. Watch, and watch a sequence of ads in order like... The I, I, I genuinely was thinking about that concept to myself recently. <laughs> It was because they had a dog on it. We all just... I, I think part of our brain just cracked. I was going to check out this dog. Um, no, I've, I've been thinking about this because, like, uh, now I'm becoming old and my kids, uh, my kids, like, watch shit on iPads and they have streaming services and stuff. So on the rare occasion that either, like, we have an internet outage for like a couple of days or something, which we did recently because the hailstorm, the big psycho hailstorm that came through Canberra, um, smashed the part on the outside of my house where the phone line connected to my house. Um, And this is after everything burnt down. Yes, yes. And then the hailstorm. And then the hailstorm, and now we're back to fires. Now we're back to fires. Everything's cool again, don't worry. Um, So like when we have an internet outage for a couple of days or like if we're driving somewhere like you know driving long distance they can like watch a thing in the car but they we have to try and explain to them oh this is why there are only a limited number of things that you can watch on here (laughs) or why if they're watching something on tv when the internet's out they're like oh i'll just pause this and you're like no you can't it's tv and they're like yeah i know it's the tv and i just want to pause it so i can go and do something (laughs) And you're like, no, no, no. And they're like, well, how about you just put this show on for me instead? And we're like, no, no. This is just ABC Kids now. And what's on is on. And we try to explain to them. 
oh, what you used to do is watch whatever shit got shoveled down your throat uh, at that particular time slot. And if there was something you really liked, what you did was you uh, memorized the day of the week it was on and what time it was on. And then you had to be present at the TV for it to happen. Uh, and I, I was remembering, remember watching a show that was just a compilation of ads and then they'd take breaks and show you other ads. We were so stupid. Oh, it was a simpler, dumber time, wasn't it? Oh, God damn. I feel like all of that idiocy has like seamlessly integrated into YouTube because you could very happily right now go to YouTube and just find compilation of ads from the 90s. Uh, 90s Australian TV commercials and you'd see the McCain's Marge the Rain's area you'd yep. see it all you'd see it you'd, all you'd see uh, old mate from Aussie Home Loans oh CLR do, do you want to do the voice at Aussie we'll save you <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> very good anyway Starbucks ad right oh no uh-huh. Starbucks ad it's trending it's trending and the conceit of the ad, much in this uh, current fashion that we really don't like, where you watch an ad and it's like, um, you know, a little moving short film about like parents that are getting divorced and the kid is like, man, my life is changing. And then, the, you know, one of the parents is like, I'm going to take you to the beach where we used to swim as a family and I will hold you in the water and we will be as one. And it's like Westpac Bank will yeah. give you a home loan for when you divorce your husband. People love to post them on Twitter and be like, I didn't even know this was an ad until the very end. And I get like one shot into this and there's an out of focus Renault badge. I'm like, it's an ad for Renault. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, th- I can't believe you would watch more than like 15 seconds of this. Oh, Just- I, no, I understand. I understand where people are coming from in that sense. I don't think that people are saying I didn't understand the concept of a commercial until the final frame of this thing. I think a lot of the time what people are saying was, I had no idea what this is going to be for sure. until the very end. And I think a lot of the reason that people are expressing that surprise is because of how cynical it reads as. Like they're doing these really high production value things and it's very clearly intended to be like emotional and personal and everything. And then in the end, it's like, get a fucking iced frappe at Starbucks. So the Starbucks one, again... Very similar production values to those other things. Very emotional kind of thing. And the conceit of the ad is a young person, a young, um, uh, very androgynous person um, being called out to and introduced to all these people over and over and over again as Jess. And then um, at the end, this person orders a coffee at Starbucks and they call out his name, James. And James smiles and is like, I've finally been recognized as a real human by the Starbucks Corporation. Yeah, and like, and this is one of those times where I'm like, obviously, if you are a trans person and you watch that and you said, that makes me feel nice. Great. I'm obviously I'm not trying to take away anything from anybody who has felt something positive through some form of representation in media or anything like that. But like... It's just so hard to ever watch anything like that and just not feel the fucking waves of cynicism coming off the thing. And we were talking about like, um, we were talking on the last episode about a, an ad 
for a fucking working at a digital marketing place. And Ben is is very, very, very perplexed by like people who get up in the morning and go, I'm going to go to my digital marketing agency and change the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like as a... Uh, you know, as a like a digital warlord in his previous life. You get up and you sharpen your cyber blade, you know, yep. for your digital warfare. I cannot help the feeling that the people who made this ad were absolutely congratulating themselves and saying, we are doing a massive, like, meaningful, socially progressive thing. Yeah, this is more meaningful be- than us paying our taxes. Yes, we should absolutely be congratulated for this thing we will not be raising wages uh to 15 dollars an hour for any of the trans people who work for us but we will write your preferred name on our cup and doesn't that mean something to you you know just just depressing stuff and the thought that i came away from that thing uh with was you know who i would like to hear making messages like that it's like the fucking government of the country that you live in that's oh. who I want to hear saying, I mean, like... I can, like, maybe even if, like, just in, like, the Prime Minister's office, there were, like, signs on the toilets that were like, hey, doesn't matter what gender you are, you use the one that, you know, feels appropriate to you, you know? Something yeah, like that. i got bad news. Bad news for you. <laughs> huh? I said I've got some bad news for you mm-hmm. about the Prime Minister's office. Yeah, what's this? Uh, well, it's a good thing we don't live in a country where the Prime Minister would personally intervene to make sure that there weren't any signs in the vicinity uh, of his office saying just use the bathroom that you're comfortable using Mm. but yeah like like the the thought that i was left with was the 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 body that i want to hear championing this kind of stuff and telling the citizens of the country that you live in to treat each other with respect and dignity and like you know, r- like running a campaign to say, hey, you know what? It's actually like not any skin off your ass to like use somebody's preferred name or pronouns or whatever. Stop being a dick and, and just be cool. Um, I would fucking love to see that stuff coming out of the government. But instead, we insist on having such like conservative, socially regressive uh, governments for the last decade or more anyway. I mean, Labour were fucking anti-same-sex marriage when they were in. That instead we're left with, you know, that void being filled by corporations saying, hey, this is a good thing to do. Also, you should probably be buying uh, a big mocha frappuccino right about now. Doesn't this make you really thirsty for social justice and a mocha frappuccino? I don't think I've ever been thirsty for a mocha cappuccino. Yeah, it's, it's it's just depressing to me to see like so many examples of where that void in leadership is is filled by corporations and it's very depressing to me and imagine if there was somebody running for government who was like hey i would actually like for the government to take a stronger role in saying these are the acceptable standards of speech you know in public forums and when making a case for things maybe somebody like fucking alan jones uh couldn't cause a race riot with his radio station without being forced to atone for it in some way beyond I don't know what they do like suspend him for a week make him apologize it's not like he went to jail or some shit Adam Bant what a monster (laughs) 
What a monster. Yeah, commie bastard. Uh, someone dug up some dirt on him as well as part of all this shocking <gasps> Done the coverage. dirty on him. Uh, so this is this is a, a tweet from uh, cherished institution Sky News Australia. This is linking mm-hmm. uh, to a clip from their broadcast. Political editor Andrew Clonell has revealed he knew Greens leader Adam Bant from their, quote, uni days, saying Mr. Bant was not well-liked on university campus for his left-leaning views. Oh, no. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a little clip there that maybe, Andrew, you can play. I didn't uh, warn you about this, so maybe you can't. No, no, I've got it all, uh, all queued up right here, pal. Let me... Oh. Sc- Skip to the appropriate time. You're a professional. That's so true. Um, first, I need to watch an ad, apparently, for something to do with New Zealand. So that's pretty cool. Sweet. New Zealand. Check it out if you haven't before. Uh, it's New Zealand. It's right over there. Uh, yeah. What if the people in Australia were nice? Uh, New Zealand. Better than the old Zealand. Anyway, here's the, old here's the clip. I wouldn't, can't. Let's, let's not get into it. Here's the, here's the clip. I actually uh, knew Adam Bant from uni days. Uh, he, he was at Murdoch University. I was at Curtin University in Perth. And he was a student politician. I was a, a student reporter on a student newspaper. And at that time, he was with Socialist Alliance. That shows you how left-wing he is, <laughs> even though he ended up a lawyer. He's never been uh, even, you know, moderate at all. And in fact, the Labor right people on campus used to hate Adam. They used to think he was just too left wing. So he's your classic watermelon, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is a green Uh who's really sort of a socialist Mm -hmm. as opposed to the Bob Brown green green. So two things here. Uh Uh-huh. To start with, uh, I knew him from uni days. We went to separate universities. Yes, I didn't like, go to university with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but I, I heard from Labour right-wingers, the least cool people on the planet. Too left-wing for the Labour right. Wow, you must have been slightly left of centre. Yeah, uh, I, I love that he thinks that him being in the Socialist Alliance in uni and then going into the Greens is like some sort of gotcha. Yeah, this guy says he cares about the environment, but he also cares about left-wing economic policy. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. Also, like, on top of all this, being like, uh, he was involved in student politics and people found that annoying, applies to every single person that has been involved in student politics. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, the other thing that I liked about that story was like, um, uh, I I was a, a student journalist on a student newspaper and he was a student politician in a student political party. It just makes me think of like the entire current crop of politicians and journalists and everything, but like in baby Muppets mode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like, like they're all like they're all tiny uh, mice that also stand on their legs, uh, and they've got little baby clothes like made out of like denim scraps. Oh, you're talking sort of like a uh, Stuart Little situation. Sort of a Stuart Little kind of a oh, situation. Stuart Little situation. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I'm thinking of um, you know things like uh, things like Baby Muppets, where they've basically just said, "Well, there is an existing property, and we're going to somehow make a set in the past version of it when they were all babies and also still all friends and all doing the same thing that they do as adults." I feel like you might be overthinking. The movie Baby, Baby Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> well, number one, it wasn't a movie. Well, I don't know. Fucking, I'm not. Right. Well, you're not thinking about Baby Muppets enough. Surely there's a middle ground yes. between these yeah. two points. There is a middle ground. The truth is somewhere in the middle. It was, of course, a television show that first aired in 1984. Ooh, the ah, irony. coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, do you think George Orwell exists in the Baby Muppets universe? <laughs> Baby George Orwell certainly does. Baby. <laughs> does that imply the Muppets are the same age as George Orwell? Oh, I'm weeding Baby 1984. <laughs> no, I think the rules of Baby Muppets isn't that you're like everyone is translated a fixed amount back in the past. I think everyone is transmuted to a baby. Yeah, everyone is there and everyone's a baby. Yeah. So even oh, if like so like a kind of curse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very much. Yeah. I think so. I think so. So every single baby Muppet is going to hell? Oh, they've they've pulled a classic peanuts here. Um, the show portrays childhood <laughs> versions of the Muppets living together in a nursery under the care of a human woman identified only as Nanny. The yeah, whereabouts- she's absolutely their captor. <laughs> it's a misery situation <laughs> inside this peanut situation. So, so explain, just, okay, sorry, Ben. Inside uh, a baby Can you explain situation? to me all of the elements in which this is a, a misery situation? There's a woman who is the captor. Okay. She has abducted all of the baby Muppets. <laughs> yep. And, she, and how is she keeping them there? I assume they've been hobbled. <laughs> 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 well, see, the thing is that their legs are already felt and and soft, so you try and get them in between the wooden blocks, and they just flop down. It's and you hit them with the hammer, and nothing happens. Can I just? I want to backtrack just a tiny little bit. Uh huh. So, Theo, it is your belief <laughs> that uh, being cursed means you go to hell automatically. Well, I figure it. It's a sort of like captive soul situation. Without a soul, you will not enter the kingdom. We have so many layers of it's a something situation <laughs> deep at this stage now. <laughs> it's a baby Muppet situation yeah. uh, that is also a peanut situation that is also a misery situation. Misery situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which exists in the same universe as 1984. Uh, that's but, also but, a captive soul situation. But okay. I'm... I'm on board with Theo here. I think that he is talking about like the type of curse that takes effect immediately and must be broken, kind of like yeah, a yeah, thi- yeah. kind of like a Stephen King thinner situation. Oh, we're in a thinner <laughs> situation. Yeah, where you hit where you hit a gypsy's son with your car, <laughs> and she comes and says some words that you can't make out. Um, but then, no matter how much you eat, your body becomes thinner and thinner and yeah, thinner. Yeah, but but in this but in this scenario, they've become you reverse become age. younger instead of thinner, like kind of like a Benjamin Button situation. <laughs> oh, it's a Benjamin Button situation. 
I think I think that's what we're talking about. And the reason, let me clarify. That's the situation on the ground. Yeah. What the fuck was this conversation at the start? Because I have completely (laughs) forgotten. (laughs) Let let me clarify why it's a peanut situation. It's a peanut situation because it's a child childhood versions of the Muppets living together in a nursery under the care of a human woman who appears in almost every episode, but her face is never visible. Just like the grown-ups in Peanuts. Oh, so it's uh, the neighbor from home improvement situation. <laughs> well, no, that's only the bottom half of his face that's never visible. You get, you get all of the expression of Wilson's eyes. And that's, you know, oh, yeah, you're that's right. where that's all fair. the performance happens with that character. You know how in um, like the first like three quarters of E.T., you don't see any adults' faces except for uh, the mum's face? Yeah. Huh. It's a cool touch. It's like peanuts. It is. It's kind of a peanut situation. Kind mm. of a peanut situation. It's kind of a penis situation. <laughs> I wonder, uh, how did we get to Baby Muppets? Oh, no, it was the... Student was politics. The, the journalist, student politics, student journalism. It's a Baby Muppets situation, you know? And um, now you understand yep. what I mean by that. So we can probably there move you on. Go. Speaking of Baby Muppets, mm-hmm. let's check in with our friends at the IPA. Uh, who are a bunch of 16-year-olds wearing their dad's ill-fitting suits, and much like babies, they have pissed themselves. Uh, The Institute of Public Affairs is a horrible think tank, uh, if you're not familiar with it, uh, and you're lucky enough to have never encountered them. They suck big time, they're paid big bucks to have the worst opinions in the world, and they have decided to weigh in on the Bridget McKenzie sports rort scandal. Uh, See, this is what happens when you don't give libertarians their own, like, oil rig slash island mm-hmm. to yeah, just pedophile do libertarian shit. Like, just, we as a society have failed the libertarians by making them live in the same society as us. We should give them one micronation yes. uh, where they're allowed to shoot themselves on their illegal mm-hmm. motorbikes. Or we could put them underwater in a sort of wet dome situation. Hmm. The one thing I will say about like um, the problem, the the particular problem with the IPA and everything in Australia, more than anything else, is that if at least they had like a Ben Shapiro situation where (laughs) dark money paid enough for you to like set up your own media organization and you had your own website... And you spent fucking eight hours a day making live streams for for like internet pedants to jack yep. off to or whatever, while also suffering a Benjamin Button situation. That's true. He's he's got a he's got a dual situation situation happening over there. Um, he's got a hot sister situation. Oh, I like a dual situation situation. So sort of like a Mrs. Doubtfire situation. <laughs> We're, we're never going to land this episode. <laughs> but at least, at least with Ben Shapiro's whole situation, he he has this entire media apparatus. But it's also very self-contained, and I don't have to see it. Um, it's for people who are like, I would love to listen to four hours of Ben Shapiro uh, doing his Stuart Little situation on a podcast mm-hmm. every day, and I don't have to hear it. You know, whereas the IPA seems to have this like they're in so deep at all levels of Australian politics and media and everything that 
somehow for them it is this given that they should be able to like front a representative and be involved in every debate yeah about everything they keep like a counter of like days since we've been allowed on the drum which is getting more embarrassing as they add a day to it every time wow 900 days since we've been on the drum pretty embarrassing for you guys yeah. Well, I feel I feel like they've very they've incorrectly identified this as a Tony Abbott situation because when like I think the thing they're trying to emulate is when people were saying that about when Tony Abbott was the prime minister and he wouldn't go on like Q&A, he wouldn't go on any of the TV shows that are seen in Australia as being like popular impartial forums for asking politicians questions, you know. And it was like years uh, since he had been on and he completely refused to go on like almost anything on the ABC. He went on the 730 report and stuff like that, didn't he? But um, but they've incorrectly kind of tried to flip that around and say, ah, it's been this many hundred days since you've invited us on the show. As opposed to we have been extending an invitation for like 900 days now and the prime minister refuses to come on and answer any questions they're like it's been it's been 350 days since anyone's given a fuck what we thought about anything which is like you said ben a very embarrassing thing to keep posting repeatedly onto the internet Mm. yeah it's weird i think the australian like media ecosystem is small enough that they it's not like they could happily play to a couple of million people on weird internet radio because they exist they sort of have to be a part of everything it's very strange also if you've seen any of the videos that they do holy oof, fuck miserable stuff and the just the worst looking bunch of gronks oh, you've look, ever. And we're not like about you know judging people based on their physical appearance you know traits people can't change about themselves they're completely off the table we'd never make fun of uh pete Buttigieg. Butterfield uh, for looking like a rat man because he we can't wouldn't. help looking like a rat. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've got to go delete some posts from <laughs> the <laughs> I would never make fun of the uh, people from the IPA looking like they just climbed wetly out of a vat mm. directly into a pair of round glasses that were trendy five years ago. Oh, I can't believe I just used the word trendy. That's fucking disgusting. Uh, Every single one of them looks like a toddler that has fallen into uh, the waste that gives people mutant powers from Fallout. Yes, <laughs> but no powers. But no powers. No powers. Uh, if anything, their powers are slightly lessened. Their ability to think, <laughs> their ability to lift, lift medium-weight objects. Their uh, self-belief, though, through the roof. Oh, my God. Uh, so maybe FEV is really good for feeling good about yourself. Yeah, they do all... FEV is the secret. They all they all essentially seem to be like uh, clones. Like they all they all seem to be sort of um, slightly botched clones of the same libertarian that they're trying to pump out. And each time they change the sequence a little, and it comes out wrong again, they go, "Nope, not quite there." Put him in his suit that's two sizes too big and send him to stand with the other ones. Every single time they're more translucent than the last one somehow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You're running kind out of, of an, Kind of an juice. X-Men 2 situation. <laughs> it is exactly like an X-Men 2 situation. Oh. Uh, so they agreed that the sports rorts affair 
uh, was a scandal, but a different scandal to what the rest of us thought. So this is from uh, Public Affairs Director of Research, sorry, Institute of Public Affairs Director of Research, Daniel Wild. All of these titles are made up. Um, mm-hmm. They don't actually do anything. They just appear uh, in poorly made videos and podcasts just saying fucking whatever, which we would never do. Um, the headline of the article is as thus. Unelected bureaucrats engaged in political hit job at Labor's request. The real scandal in the grants administered by National Senator Bridget McKenzie is that unelected bureaucrats at the Australian National Audit Office engaged in a political hit job against a conservative politician at the request of Shadow Attorney General Mark Dreyfus. The, now, the unelected we- bureaucrats thing to me is right up there with... Um, it's right up there with like inner city elites, mm-hmm. cosmopolitan, like in just in terms of the thing that is doing a very bad job of signaling what they're trying to actually say. Well, it's definitely spooky. judges and their laws. You can't just say uh, public servants at an independent oversight body. That's not terrifying. Uh, unelected shadowy puppet masters pulling the strings of making sure politicians aren't ripping everybody off. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It goes on. Uh, the ANAO undertook its award of funding under the Community Sport Infrastructure Program audit at the request of Mr. Dreyfus. The shadowy t- shadow attorney general requested an audit into the circumstances surrounding then liberal candidate for mayor's funding. Uh, man, this is... Riddled with typos. Uh, Funding of a local bowls club in the lead-up to the 2018 by-election. It is curious that no one in the media has questioned why in a liberal parliamentary democracy like Australia, a member of the opposition can direct unelected bureaucrats to investigate a minister of the Crown. Now, I... I would say it's not curious, in that I am not curious to answer that question (laughs) at all. Dutton refer Bruce Pascoe to the AFP? Yes, on account yes. of um, being criminally not Aboriginal enough for his tastes, I think. Um, my so, all right. So my issue straight off the bat here is that in the space of two paragraphs, he's introduced the concept of what's happening, and then reframed it as something different in the second paragraph to make it sound like something different is happening. In the first, he says the Shadow Attorney General requested an audit. And in the second paragraph, that immediately changes to no one has questioned why um, a member of the opposition can direct unelected bureaucrats to investigate a minister of the crown. I put it to you that much like it says in the following paragraph here, going beyond its original remit of investigating the provision of a $127,000 check to the Yanka Lilla uh, Bowls Club, they engaged in a far-reaching audit of all grants administered under the program. Now, I put it to you that everybody in the fucking country looked at the Georgina Downer thing where she was not an elected official in that, uh, in that electorate or anything, yet she somehow turned up at the Bowls Club, as we said at the time, with a great big fucking check with her name on it, the name of her political party on it, and the fact that she was a candidate and handed it over effectively saying... Here is a nice big bunch of money from me. Um, Everybody in the country looked at that and said, huh, 
that seems incredibly improper and very crooked. Also, I'm not. I don't really understand what um, this. I don't even know who wrote this. Who's this dipshit? Daniel Wild. Um, what he thinks the process should be if you have a government that's been voted in that breaks the law. If the government, uh, oh, I, the think, I think they can't if because ministers like public public servants advise ministers yeah. decide. So they the become decider. so you get voted in, you become God King for years, and for you it's like your own personal. It's sort of like the purge situation, but just for you. Well, that's you get to do whatever the fuck you want. That is certainly the case that seems to be getting made um, with all of the Donald Trump impeachment trial stuff. As as you have a bunch of members of the Democrats saying, ah, I'm sure that any moment now, a majority of these Republicans will find their good conscience and their ethical center and vote to impeach him. Um, instead, they were all applauding as fucking Alan Dershowitz got up and said, hey, if the president wants to do it, it can't be a crime. Um, oh, no, that's that's right. His The actual argument Alan Dershowitz made was... If, uh, if Donald Trump, in his capacity as president, engaged in an act which was designed to, like, uh, strengthen the, the likelihood of himself being re-elected... Which he believes is in the public interest. Which he believes is a good thing and in the public interest, then it cannot be a crime because the president was doing something that he believed to be in the public interest. Look... All I'm saying is Alan Dershowitz didn't see any wrongdoing and he had a pretty good view from Epstein's plane. Yep. Epstein? Oh, look, people yell at me. Oh, oh boy. Saying it, it, is, wrong. Yeah. It, is it is Epstein. It is Epstein. Okay, I've just... Just my brain. Um, yeah, and like, like you're saying, Ben, I mean, like this very clearly struck me as a case of an extremely, extremely idiotic and egregious example of like open graft was committed by an incredible failed daughter of a right-wing politician. Um, this was referred to this body to say, hey, you want to uh, you want to just have a little sticky beak at this? They obviously had a cursory glance at it and said, huh, I wonder if we should have a little poke into how, how this person, like, I don't know, how did she know that they were getting money before the member for mayor Rebecca Sharkey from the Labour Party knew? For but example. if we can invest, if we can investigate this, though, you quick, very quickly find yourself in a 1984 situation. Oh no, you're getting investigated left, right, and center. Uh, and then it's like you know you got to get someone to investigate the investigators, and then you're in a watchman situation. Sorry, I can't think of another situation. I'm so sorry. I tried really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you uh, get trapped in a dome, you're in a biodome situation let's hope that doesn't happen hmm. anyway the uh, article continues yes uh miss mckenzie's apparent failure was that several projects which received grants did not meet the criteria established by sport australia which is an unelected statutory agency no her apparent failure was that she deliberately uh put money into electorates that they wanted to win but hey let's just gloss over that uh, but this is an egregious misunderstanding of how democracy works. Bureaucrats advise, ministers decide. If public servants want to decide how taxpayer funds are allocated, they should run for parliament. Now, the IPA famously, famously 
loves it when politicians just spend taxpayer money with mm. no oversight. That's like their favorite thing, right? Yeah, uh, they love it. They love to see that happen. Um, mainstream Australians would much prefer an elected member of parliament to decide how their money is spent, not faceless, unelected members of the Canberra swamp. I love seeing Australians try and import shit from American politics where you're like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, especially also considering the timing around this as well and what the, the swamp term is, is linked to. But that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. No. Well, um... I mean, also, they're, they're conflicting this now with the Canberra bubble. They were trying to make that a whole thing. That's all that Scott Morrison bangs on about. And now they're talking about the Canberra swamp. Is it a swamp or a bubble? Is the swamp in the bubble or the bubbles coming it's out a of the very, swamp? It's a very humid bubble. Hmm. Oh, it's sort of like uh, a the end of the fountain situation. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a wonderful movie. We watched that. Darren Aronofsky. It's beautiful. Um, in reporting on the issue on Tuesday, the ABC thought they had found two fatal smoking guns. The first was the apparent revelation that the minister's office was running a parallel protest to support Australia for where the grant should be allocated, as evidenced by a spreadsheet leaked to and reported by the ABC. Far from a smoking gun, this spreadsheet appears to exonerate Ms. McKenzie of any wrongdoing. The spreadsheet, which this is me interjecting here, was colour-coding to show which electorates the money was going to, uh, shows that the majority of the 223 projects marked as successful in the first round of grants went to Labour-held seats. As Mackenzie said, this is, quote, reverse pork barrelling. Again, not real. And also, again, it was the final round of funding that was the issue because that was the one that was immediately prior to the election. Uh, Some 94 projects were in Labour-held seats, with 87 in Liberal, 35 National, and 7 in seats held by Independents. They put the money into seats they wanted to win. But again, we already discussed that in that episode. Uh, The second would-be smoking gun is the $500,000 grant provided by the Pakenham Football Club. Sorry, provided to the Pakenham Football Club, which received a rating of 50 out of 100 by Sports Australia, but received the highest possible grant. Pakenham Football Club is in the marginal liberal seat of Latrobe. According to Sport Australia, that $500,000 would have been better provided to the Gippsland Lakes Roller Derby in the safe national seat of Gippsland, which received a rating of 98 out of 100. Only an unelected and out-of-touch public servant could think it is a better idea to fund the roller derby than the footy in Victoria. What? Okay. Yep. So they're just... All right. Blasting right past the ratings. Besides, the ratings out of 100 are mere inventions of the bureaucracy designed to give the process fake scientific credentials. What? Rating things, apparently, just as a general concept, is bad. Well, this is like when when you get hired in the public service, you have to do a job application and answer a series of selection criteria. And... Then they have a panel of people or like grade your responses against those specific selection criteria so that they can make up like a whole explanatory thing about this is why we hired this person instead of this person so that they can be transparent and have evidence if somebody says, oh, I think you actually, you know, gave this job to this person who's your mate instead of to the person who was most deserving of it. You can challenge that and you can appeal it. And oddly enough, what they use is some form of evidence for their decision-making to justify why a job went somewhere. 
much like they've seemed to have done here in terms of like maybe where money should go in these situations. But apparently that is uh, made up made up science. It's mysticism. It's mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, more to the point, the funding to the Packham Footy Club was to build change rooms for female footballers and netballers. Oh, they something love the that woke line, ABC would usually celebrate. Instead, the ABC would rather play political football for the Labour Party, even if it means female footy players lose out on much-needed facilities. Oh, hang on. Identity politics is bad uh, until now. And and also, s- suddenly the ABC is now currently involved in this? Oh, because they reported on it. Uh, so oh, because they reported guys. on it. Yes. Right, the, the thing that where all of the scams. Didn't the... Um, I feel like I... I'm having a memory as well of like one of one of the uh, one of the groups that got a grant and used it to build like uh, female change rooms. Did it because they had already received other grants and like had done all the stuff they wanted to do? I think yeah, that was I think a- I heard that on uh, Bunta Vista. <laughs> yeah, different yeah. footy club though, but yes. Uh, oh God, this is so fucking dumb. Uh, to be sure, the potential misuse of taxpayer funds is a big policy issue and must be investigated. In October last year, this government gifted $1 billion of taxpayer funds to the Clean Energy Finance Corporation to underwrite more intermittent, expensive and unreliable renewable energy. No one lost their job. Yeah. Okay. 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 No All right. corruption there, so that's fine. In 2018, this government gave $444 million to the Great Barrier Reef Foundation, which at the time had an annual revenue of around $10 million. No one lost their job. Yeah, yeah, they should have. And everyone fucking complained about yeah, it. Every single person said, what the fuck? What the fuck? Why did we do this? And then nothing happened. Yeah, if only there was some sort of independent body to investigate this sort of shit. That would have been fucking great. Someone should have lost their job for that. Mm. Remember when uh, Remember when they just like gave $30 million to Foxtel mm-hmm. to, make, yeah. to make some local content? Yep. And Still haven't seen went, that. Uh, what? No mandate. Yep, and everybody said, what What the fuck? Why did that happen? Uh, and then they just ignored everybody and went about their day. Uh, for a decade, both coalition and labor governments gave more than $88 million to the scandal-plagued Clinton Foundation. Yeah, let's get, get the Clintons involved. Yeah, we're talking. Yep. All right. Uh, yet Miss McKenzie could lose her role as deputy leader of the Nationals for faithfully discharging her duties as a minister <laughs> and elected <laughs> member of parliament. I, the thing that I do genuinely love about this is like how how incredibly like unvarnished the the partisan nature of it is like just like sweet sweet beautiful innocent angel bridget mckenzie was only doing the same thing that she does every day saving lives kissing babies stopping orphanages from burning down uh when the evil very Jewish looking public servants came like it's just fucking wild how how completely like um, guileless it is you know yeah it's wonderful Uh, it would be it would be interesting to I think like uh, observe the process of someone like this dipshit Daniel Wild being made to write a news article 
by the guidelines that a, a, a place such as the ABC have have to obey, right? Just place him in that situation and say, okay, you have to have another go at this, but you have to actually um, write it by some sort of objective guidelines. And we will also have a an editor to oversee the pro- the process and, uh, you know, bring you back in line. And just watch the process of, of like him just shrinking, collapsing inwards with the task of, of not being a massive dipshit. I'm sorry, dude. We're going to need you to drop a couple of facts in there. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, just the, the idea that anybody who has been following this story uh, from the, you know, from the complete ignoring of the recommendations of the bipartisan body that, that was actually supposed to administer this stuff all the way up to the we made a big Excel spreadsheet of all of these things and color-coded like on the basis of ones we wanted to win and ones we didn't care about and gave all the money to those ones. The idea that anybody could have seen this news and gone, there's a minister who is faithfully discharging her duties. I love to faithfully discharge. Uh, Miss McKenzie has been engulfed by a scandal. Just not the one spun in the media. A member of the opposition directed the ANAO to investigate a political opponent. The ANAO then went beyond the remit of this original request and the taxpayer-funded ABC conspired with a leaker to obtain a report on confidential information with the potential effect of ending the political career of an elected member of parliament. Okay, well, what happened to her? She resigned uh, as deputy leader of the Nationals and as the Minister for Agriculture, and she is now still a senator. Yep, um, she's even still the Senate leader. Yep. So she didn't even have to step down from cool. her other her other jobs, you know? So, pretty cool, pretty tight. Um, yep. And so this, in- of course, as somebody who sent in an email pointed out, this was the thing that we spoke about on the show and predicted was going to happen, which was that they would eventually make her step down, but only from her role as, you know, deputy leader. Like the fact that she's um, the fact that she's stepped down from the front bench, she's stepped down from cabinet and so has like stepped down from her portfolio. It's not even the same portfolio she got caught doing all the corruption in. No. Like, that was when she was the sports minister, and now she's stepping down from her role as agriculture minister. It's like, so you're saying you did something wrong, but but you're being taken out of a role that's not even related to that, you know? But again, as as we've said, now we get the whole thing of getting to see a $100 million program get just incredibly corruptly mismanaged, and... She gets to, A, say she's resigning when she's not actually resigning. She's not leaving Parliament or anything like that. She gets to keep her job and she gets to say that she never did anything wrong, that the sports grants program was administered properly, and that the reason she's actually um, resigning is because she forgot to declare something on her donations. Yeah, the thing that made her lose her job was not declaring a $300 membership for a gun club that she gave $36,000, which is a tiny, 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 tiny fucking fraction of the other inexplicable ones that got 
the maximum amount, which is $500,000. Well, and, um, yeah, like, so, like I said, she gets to insist that she never did anything wrong or anything and resigns for doing something that they normally never punish anybody for. Yeah, like just, normally- I mean, so that the government doesn't doesn't have to actually admit any sort of um, malfeasance in, in any of this. It's all so that they can say, oh, we looked into it and here's, you know, ah, Al Capone didn't do his taxes. Um, it's a real Al Capone situation. And, yeah, like, it's fucking absurd because we we have incident after incident after incident of various MPs getting done for claiming things that they shouldn't have claimed on their travel expenses and on their parliamentary allowances and all that sort of thing. And every time they get caught, they go, whoopsie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry. I'm so sorry. And they say, I'll, I'll give the money back. Sorry, I didn't mean oh. to take it all. Um, and then they're just allowed to go right on with what they're doing. So the fact that they've made her resign for a thing that they normally don't even think is enough of an issue to make anybody resign about is kind of the icing on the cake to me. It's real cool. <sighs> and now it's a um, wrapping up the show kind of situation, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. A little bit long there, but you know you love it. You know you love it. Let's Otherwise, why would you have, why would you have, you know, subscribed why would you have laid down the money for the well they've show? suffered some sort of curse ah and they will not be yeah yeah the bunta vista curse you hate to see it but you love to hear it that's it folks thanks for stopping by uh ben you got any parting thoughts for us any positive affirmations perhaps oh it's a great question I feel like I've given out every single piece of just sort of generally nice advice I can actually no. You know what? I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna err towards the side of um consumerism this time. Uh if there's like one thing where you've been thinking for ages, oh it'd be nice to have a good one of one of those and you find yourself with a little bit extra money, a little bit more money than you you normally have at all this week, do it. Pull the trigger on that. Just go get it. Go get yourself that extra good kitchen knife. Go get yourself that uh, nice set of towels. Just, it'll be with you for a while. If you buy a good version of it, hope it'll last longer than just buying the cheap, shitty version you have to replace all the time. Just treat yourself. Thank you, Ben. I'm going to get that pacer. (laughs) (laughs) All the way from Germany. Uh, real comfortable grip alright folks that's it and uh, we'll see you next week bye 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 bye